77 WABC Sports. Mike Didino interviews Jake Paul. All right, joining me now, and I'm really excited for this one, is the problem child, Jake Paul. Jake, you're the man for doing this with me. Thank you very much. Happy to have you. 100%, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Anytime. For those not aware, on August 6th, Jake Paul will be headlining the main event in Madison Square Garden versus Hasim Rahmah. Jake, before we get into that fight, I want to circle back and go from the beginning. It all started, and at any point, correct me if I'm wrong, in 2013 on Vine, which pretty much was a poor man's TikTok. You get super big on Vine. You get super big on YouTube in 2014. And then you start working for Disney Channel in 2016 to 2018. How does a kid that was on Disney Channel in 2018 waving a wand headline a pay-per-view event in Madison Square Garden four years later? Yeah, yeah, man, it's funny. I don't know. I guess the answer is hard work. Um, And having natural talent, I think, adds to that. But it's just crazy where this journey has gone. And I've just been relentlessly obsessed with becoming the best boxer I possibly can. And the results are what you see. You see knockouts. You see me taking out all of these guys, UFC champions. And I'm just getting warmed up with what I can actually accomplish here. And August 6th, msg.com. Get your tickets. Everyone pull up in the New York area. They're going to see me knock out a professional boxer. And at that point, all the naysayers shut up. So when does this become a dream of yours? You know, after my first pro fight, when I got a knockout in the first round, it was the best feeling in the world because I know how hard I worked for it. And the feeling of punching someone in the head and them going down to the canvas was just addicting. And I knew I was good at it. My coaches told me, yo, you hit really hard. You have a ton of power. You're going to knock this guy out. And I didn't really believe them. And then after it happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, they were right. And I realized at that point in time how far I could take this and how much I loved every bit of it. The training, the talk, the outfits, the press conferences, the walkout, the actual fight, the after party. Every bit of boxing was made perfectly for me. So in January 20, you just alluded to this, you make your debut as an amateur boxer. You fight a YouTuber. It's KSI's younger brother. You and Logan both fought. Both fought KSI's younger brother. You knock him out in the first round. Then you fight Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, former NBA player, fight him late November in 2020. Jake, I thought that you were going to kill Nate Robinson in that ring were you surprised how unprepared he was for that fight not really you know like i know he trained hard i just made him look unprepared with my skill level he had professional boxing coaches three of them and he was working running 10 miles training twice a day so he did the best that he could it wasn't his lack of preparation. It was just my skill level being superior to his. But that fight really kind of put you on the map and really blew you up. You were already big on social media, but that really put you on the boxing map. Did that fight instill the confidence in you, or was this something you always had? It's something I always had. I grew up playing sports. I grew up wrestling, which is a one-on-one combative sport. And so I have a ton of repetitions under my belt with going up against people one-on-one. And I just believe in myself. I have a little bit of 
this thing called delusional optimism. And I think it's one of the best traits that somebody could have because no matter what it is, I, I think I could do it. If you said, yo, I, I don't think you can go to the Olympics, I think I can for whatever it is. I think I could become one of the fastest people in the world. I think I could go to the NFL. I think I could become the fastest NASCAR driver. And other people look at that as being cocky or whatever. That's because they're insecure. I look at it as just believing in myself and what I can do and knowing that if I dedicate myself to something that I can accomplish it. Awesome. And then after you knock out Robinson, you fight a former UFC champion, Ben Askren. You knock his skull out in round one. And then you go and fight Tyron Woodley. This fight versus Woodley was in August. This was your fourth fight. This one got a lot of media attention. It seemed like you guys had a lot of animosity towards each other. It would end up going to a split decision. Two judges called it in favor of you, 78 to 74. The other judge gave it to Woodley, 77 to 75. Were you surprised that this was called a split decision? Yeah, that judge actually is blind. <laughs> and ever since has been walking around with a cane. And his driver's license even got revoked after that because of what happened. I mean, anyone who saw the fight scored it seven rounds to one. I feel bad for that judge now that he is not able to drive. But it's okay. I guess that's the name of the game. And, yeah, it was very surprising to think everyone that it was a split decision. So then you fight Woodley again because Tommy Fury, who we'll get into, backed out. You fight Woodley again in December. You knock him out sixth round. It's one of the iconic knockouts. I think you won knockout of the year. What do you say? And I hate to ask this, but I have to. To all the haters out there that say that that fight was fixed and Woodley, you know, put down his right fist and let you knock him out. And I hate to ask this, so I'm sorry, but people say it. I mean, I look at it as a compliment. You know, they're trying to find anything to discredit me, to make excuses, because they simply can't believe what it is that I'm doing. They can't believe how hard I hit. They can't believe how good of a fighter I am. So I look at it as a compliment of people, when you're doing something remarkable, they're always going to try to discredit you no matter what it is. If you don't have haters, if you don't have people making up rumors about you, if you don't have people making up lies about you, then you're not doing anything worthy. August 6th, let's go back to this now. You're headlining MSG but before we get into Asim, let's get into Tommy Fury, because he was originally scheduled to fight you, but yet again pulled out for the second time, this time due to travel issues. The first time it was due to quote-unquote injuries. What do you say to Tommy Fury? Man, you're a joke. You're a joke, Tommy. Everything about you is a joke. You know, you live in the shadow of your brother. Your girlfriend wears the pants. You haven't done anything besides kiss dudes on reality shows. And you fumbled the biggest opportunity of a lifetime. And I know you're scared to fight me. And if we ever do get into the ring, I'm going to make you pay for all of the things, all of the hard things that you put up me and my team through, all of the failures, all of the dropping out of fights. It's annoying, and you're going to pay for that. So let's go now to Haseem, who you're fighting on August 6th in Madison Square Garden. I have the tail of the tape in front of me. He's 31. For comparison, you're 25. He's six foot three. With a 79.5-inch reach, you're 6'1", with a 76-inch reach. So just looking at it, and he's also 12-1, and one, he is coming off of a loss, though. So looking at the tail of the tape, he's got experience over you, he has height over you, he has reach over you. How does Jake Paul win this fight? Heart, dedication, doing the impossible, and speed. You know, picking my opponent apart, being sharp, being technical, not letting him near me. That's how this fight goes. And people will see the performance of a lifetime. This will be my breakout performance. And people will 
really start to realize how hard I've been working in the gym. What's next for Jake Paul after that? After that, man, it's really whatever I want to do. We'll revisit the drawing boards. I still want to fight. I still want to go up against big names and create massive pay-per-views and entertain the fans and knock more people out. McGregor is what everybody wants to see. I'm sure you know that. Last question, and I have to ask this one. I was actually at the UBS Arena for the UFC pay-per-view or the UFC fight night on Saturday. Dana White, he's always asked about you because you guys always draw up good headlines. He said you're a pay-per-view turd. What do you say to Dana White? Look, I've sold more pay-per-views than any single fighter he's ever had on his UFC roster. Three, four, five, and six fights in. I've broken every single UFC record for that amount of fights. If I was in the UFC, I would be their biggest star and I would be their biggest pay-per-view attraction. So obviously it comes from a place of jealousy. He obviously just wants to discredit me. And he's an old, lonely, sad man. Jake, you're the man. I'm going to let you go now. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm definitely going to throw a big bet on you for this card. Keep doing you. You're the man, and I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Have a good day.